Amen. Go ahead and grab a seat real quick. Welcome to the Vineyard. I'm Joe Wood, the senior pastor, and we are glad to have you here launching into a new school year. Some of you going back tomorrow, some going back later on in the week to the county schools, and we're excited for you. And I want to encourage um, all of you to be praying for all the students, all the administrators. I mean, don't forget the janitor and the, and the kitchen lady and people like that. Man, people need prayer. I mean, we're in a, we're in a tough time right now, and it's not getting easier. Uh, today I want to talk about some things that I think um, we're kind of in a non-series sort of a thing, something that the Lord just laid upon my heart. I want to introduce you to somebody. This is Phil Strout. Phil Strout is the National Director of Vineyard Churches, okay? I met Phil Strout nine years ago when he was taking over from Burt Wagner, and they brought him up on stage. I wasn't even paying attention at the conference that I was at. They were just introducing a new guy, and here he was coming and doing all the things. And I was looking down, and as soon as that man started talking, I snapped my head up. You know how you do. You snap your head out, and you look, and you think, who is that? Because it sounded like my uncle coming out of his mouth. Now, I'm from Bangor, Maine. That's where I'm, I'm actually from. And he is from Lewiston, Auburn. And my uncle is from Lewiston, Auburn. And they have this, this really hard brogue from New England. The further up you get into Maine, it's different than Massachusetts and Vermont and, and New Hampshire. And it gets thicker and thin. You can't understand them. Honestly, it's like talking to somebody from Eastern Kentucky if you're not from Eastern Kentucky. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying, you know how it is. When you just keep like, what, what did you say? Uh, no, no. Okay, hold on. Say it real slow. Say it real slow. Like somehow that's going to help you from Ohio understand what they just said. You know what I mean? It's like, no. The whole point is you just can't hardly understand because of the thick accent and, and, and the brogue. And when, my, when uh, Phil Strout opened up his mouth, I fell in love with him. Now I'm saying that in an appropriate way. But I, it was just like, there's my uncle on the stage. And so I went up and I, I said, Phil, you sound just like my uncle. I'm Joe Wood. I'm from Bangor, Maine. He said, oh, good. And, you know, that's where it dies, and you're like, well, now don't I feel stupid. Um, and it's okay. It's all right. But he said something um, uh, in the last couple of years because he's getting ready to, his term is over, and, and things are changing. So a new guy's coming in. Um, Jay Patrick is a new guy, and I'm excited about that now. But um, um, we don't always understand that we as a congregation, as a vineyard, people will say, are you a non-denominational church? And it's like, well, technically we're part of a, an association of vineyard churches that is quickly becoming um, denominational, so to speak. But at the end of the day, there is so much accountability. There is way more accountability in my life here than a, a part of the denomination I was a part of before. But that being said, we are a part of 600 churches in America and a little over 2,400 churches worldwide. And so, you know, Phil is our national director right now till December. And so I want to introduce you to Phil, but I wanted to introduce you to something that Phil said. He's been sharing this scripture. You know, it's like, Phil, really, preach a new message, buddy. Um, you know, I've heard that one already. You keep going back. It's kind of like when I share Psalm 139 in here, right? It's like, do you know what Psalm 139 says? Yes, Joe. Could you just move on? We know what Psalm 139 says. Psalm 139 says, every day ordained for me was written down in his book before one of them came to pass. That's what King David wrote prophetically thousands of years ago. So you're not here by accident. You're here because God knew you would be here, and he's got something to say to you, and that something is something that I want to share with you because I believe with all my heart that if you don't get up here to say, thus saith the Lord, don't get up here. You didn't come to hear from Joe Wood. You came because you believed that God wanted to say something to you. I hope that's why you came. 
And that thing that you wanted to hear, that's what I want to share with you today. And it's in the book of Jeremiah. Now, when I say book of Jeremiah, I actually mean literally book. And there's a book inside the book called Jeremiah. Now, if you've got one of these, you could whip it out and turn to page 854 if it's the exact same Bible I've got. If not, then you're going to have to look for it for a minute. Or you can pull out your cell phone and go to you version. Okay, you can just hop on the, the open vineyard network that's here and, and just use that and just, you know, find your way over there and go to chapter 6. And I want to share with you a scripture from the book of Jeremiah that Phil Strout's been sharing with us because I think it is so important to us right now. Okay? So, if you're not there, it's, it's always going to show up on the screen. If this is your home church, you know that. It will always show up on the screen. But it, it, it's good to be involved in this thing, okay? So, uh, call a Bible. But um, let's just go ahead and read it. This is what the Lord says. See, that's how I knew this is what the Lord said when I was preparing this message. Because I opened my Bible and it said, this is what the Lord said. It doesn't get any easier than that for pastors. This is what the Lord said right here. Stand at the crossroads and look for the ask, excuse me, stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. I appointed a watchman over you and said, listen to the sound of the trumpet. You said, we will not listen. Now, here's the deal. I, I, I don't want to preach a big downer message today. Okay, That's not my goal. That's not what I'm doing. I don't think that's the deal. But if you know anything about the book of Jeremiah and the prophet Jeremiah, you know that Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. I mean, he is just a straight up downer. Okay, he really, he never says anything positive. It always ends with, oh, and, and you people will not listen to me. And it's like, wow, can't you just, you know, tell us that we're doing good and God is in heaven and he loves us so much and he thinks we're so special and, you know, we're better than all the other kids on the bus. Can you not just do that for us once, Jeremiah? And he's like, no, it's not going to happen. And so he shares this message. A lot of you maybe are sitting in here going, well, hold on a second. There's that passage from Jeremiah 29 that starts in chapter 11. It says, you know, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Okay, let me just open up your eyes for just a split second. That probably is the worst used verse, the most misused verse in the scripture. Do you know that that verse is right in the middle of a curse? Well, no, and if I do, I'm not going to admit it, right? Yeah. It's right in the middle of a curse where Jeremiah is saying, thus saith the Lord. The Lord says he's so mad at you that he had Babylon come haul you out of Jerusalem and bring you all the way down here, and you're going to stay in Babylon for another 70 years. You're not even going to go home. This is what he said. You're going to die and be buried here. You might as well just find wives for your um, husbands and husbands for your daughters. Find wives for your sons and yeah, don't, okay, wives for your sons and husbands for your daughters because you're not leaving and they're going to raise their kids here. And then in 70 years, after you've been here for 70 years, then I'm going to take what's left of you back. I'm going to take the remnant back to Jerusalem. Don't take my word for it. Read it for yourself. You think, oh, I know the plans that I have for you. It's a big positive thing from Jeremiah. No, it's not. It's a curse. He's raining down on our parade, but that's the deal, and that's what's going on here. But here's the deal. In this particular passage, the thing that um, um, Pastor Phil, or, or Phil, the national director, is pointing to is this. It says right here, check this out. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads, look and ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is and walk in it, and this is the deal, and you will find rest for your souls. 
See, that's what I'm thinking about. With everything that's going on right now in our lives, and I'm not just talking about, you know, the COVID, but come on, with the resurgence or whatever you want to call it of that, and I'm not interested in getting into a political fight with you right now. Okay, later, but not now. Um, no, not even later, really. I'm, I'm tired. My soul is tired of, of, well, anyway, we're just tired of it, so let it go. So here's the deal. We've got that, we've got school starting, we've got finances, we've got marriages falling apart, we've got people that we cannot get, uh, we cannot get people to work, so we've got jobs and things not getting done. We've got people that want work um, that aren't getting work, that, that you know, they've got fired or downsized. It, I mean, our world and life can be crazy right now. Some of you have been out about shopping clothes for little kids, going back to school, and that's great, and you've been running. How about the summer, though? Did you get to relax during the summer? Did you just get to chill and have a vacation and sit by the pool and, you know, drink Mai Tais or whatever you drink, and, and you know, just, did you get to do that? No, because the grandkids come over, and I love grandkids, and that we got dogs, and Joe had a litter of puppies, and then he's trying to sell them, and then he was stupid enough to buy another dog in the midst of it because he wanted another dog, and my life just kept escalating, my wife's like, are we going on vacation? It's like, not. What year is this? No. We're not going on vacation. We're not going to have peace. And then what do we do when our lives get chaotic like this? God, why did you do this to me? Don't we do that? Am I not right? Do we? I'm not, I know sometimes it gets chaotic, but don't we do that? God, look, I can't breathe. There's so much on my shoulders. There's so much going on. Lord, I need, here it comes, I need rest for my soul. God, I need rest in my soul and we haven't talked about like health issues that crop up suddenly out of nowhere we've got friends that are dying from cancer or, or or maybe we're struggling because the doctor used that word in our last visit or you know just old age I'm 60 years old and old age is catching up with us and it's like man God how could you let this happen to us and, 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 and inside we want rest for our souls and could we not just take a deep breath and relax? When Jeremiah says, and you will find rest for your souls, what do you think of? What do you think of rest? Do you think, man, I'm in a hammock, I'm up on the pinnacles in Berea, I got a cup of coffee because I saved it all the way from the grocery store, I, wasn't, I didn't spill a bit of it coming up this hill, and I'm in my hammock and the sun's about to come up, and there's going to be rest for my soul, and you're so wore out from climbing that hill, you got... <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be so great, just quiet time with Jesus. <laughs> and you just want, could, could we not just rest and be in the presence of God? But we're running so fast, and we're running so hard. Some of you are like, no, rest would be, if, if it includes a beach, if it includes waves, if it includes sitting still, there's rest for my soul. Yeah. I kind of believe that too. It's just not going to happen this year for me. Okay, it's, I'm going to have to wait till you know 2022, and that's the way it's going to have to be. Did you know that the microwave oven was actually made to give women more time during the day? I, I don't know if you have ever investigated the microwave oven, but I looked up the microwave oven one time because I was doing a thing on finding rest and peace and slowing down. And the microwave oven was designed because women would spend so much time, I mean, godly women would spend so much time waiting, cooking dinner for their husbands to come home to, and you know where I am on that, okay? Okay, I'm going to stand on this side of the podium now. <laughs> but at the end of the day, 
the microwave oven was to make dinnertime preparation and lunchtime preparation so short that women would have more time to relax a little bit because they're raising baby and changes diapers, probably working a job, putting a garden out back, and, and they're cooking dinner and cooking supper and trying to figure it all out and doing that, and they're just exhausted. And so somebody said, well, let's make them a microwave oven. It'll slow things down. And they made a microwave oven, and it's excellent. They finally put the word popcorn on the front. You don't have to dial it up. See, they made our lives simpler. And so what do we do? We can now make dinner in 12 minutes. So we find something else to fill our lives up with. And we can do more. Because godly people, godly people, wake up at the crack of dawn and start working as soon as their feet hit the ground. And they're productive every minute of the day until the sun goes down and they're allowed to pick their feet up off the floor in their bed. That's what godly people And we've got this idea that unless you're like making a penny and turning a dime and working your, your tail off all day long, that you're being lazy and you're not. The scripture says right here that we should go ask God where the ancient way is, where the good way is, and then we should walk in it and we will find rest for our soul. And don't we need rest for our soul right now? Aren't we in a place where things are going 100 miles an hour and we could just use a little bit of peace? See, our lives need to slow down, and we're not slowing them down, we're speeding them up. We're going faster and faster and faster and faster. I remember when I was in high school, I was just like, man, tomorrow I've got a test. And I lived day to day to day to day. And then I hit college, and I was only there for a split second the first time I went. And, and so then it was like weekend to weekend to weekend to weekend. And then I got married, and we had children. It was holiday to holiday to holiday to holiday. And pretty soon I didn't know where. I've got six grandkids, one on the way. It's going to happen any second now. How did that happen, Lord? You kept me so busy, God. This is your fault. See, I needed rest for my soul so I could enjoy all of the moments. And here's the deal. The only way to slow down is to take, th take things out of your life. You have to take things out. If you're going to go to the crossroads, if you're going to ask God, where is the ancient way and the good way, and if you're going to walk into it, then you have to begin to take things out of your life. You have to do that. We have to say no when somebody asks us because we fill our days up, and that has to be okay. I've learned that lesson really hard this summer, and I still have one day coming that I have to get through, and that's, that's the way I'm going to say it. I have to get through it because I didn't consult my calendar when I kept saying yes. Those would be good things to do, so I said yes. So coming up, my wife and I will go to another city, to another church, and we will teach all morning on marriage and have a blast. It's going to be great. We'll get done about 2 o'clock in the afternoon and race back to this church because touch a truck will be taking place on the parking lot. And, and that's where you can bring your kids and touch the trucks and make a donation. And there's a nonprofit called Enrich that is growing up in our community that we want to support as a church, and we're excited about that. And then when I get done with that, I have to be at 5 o'clock over at the service where I'm doing the wedding, not just talking about the wedding. And it's just like, I'm looking at that calendar going, what kind of idiot says yes every single time the phone rings? And, well, in the mirror, it's me. It is. Um, that's the deal. But here's the deal. Check this out. We have a great sickness that's taken over our land. 
It's rampant, it's epidemic, it's contagious, and it is extremely dangerous. And it's called fear of missing out. Oh, but if I don't say yes, then I won't get it. I, I won't be able to be there. And if I don't, if I don't say yes, then they'll have fun and I won't have had fun. If, if, if I don't say yes, they're going to come to school tomorrow and they're going to say, you should have been there. And I'm going to say, oh, I should have been there. See? You're going to say, yes, 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 yes. Yes, I want my child to be a ballerina who plays the oboe, who's on the football team, who's thinking about um, um, baseball, who now just got a new soccer ball with some cleats. And, and when they come out of their bedroom, you don't even recognize what you're getting ready to take them to. You're not even sure. You just look at them and say, are we going north or south? I'm just asking. Because we keep saying yes to everything, and we can't say yes to everything. And here's the deal. You need to learn to say no, and I want you to know, I'm talking to you right now, I want you to know it's okay to say no and not feel guilty. It is okay to say no and put your feet up and get you a big glass of half and half iced tea, okay, because I hate sweet tea, but I don't like unsweet tea, okay? Listen, some of you need to get off that sweet tea, and I know I'm south of the river, but just do it, okay? Nancy Reagan said, just do it. Just say no to drug, I mean to sugar. Just say no, okay? And, and you need to put your feet up and you need to do nothing and you need to know it's okay to do that. You need to find peace and rest for your soul. That needs to happen. But we've got this big fear of missing out. Check this out. I can't do everything. Say that with me. I can't do everything and it's okay to not do everything so jeremiah calls to the israelites just like he calls to you and i today and he says we will find rest for our souls when we begin to do this first of all go stand at the crossroads let's just get into this message crossroads are just that it's a place where two roads will intersect um, they come together generally speaking you have to make a decision on which way you're going it looks a little bit like this if you're way out in the country Okay, it looks like a great big giant plus sign. And you're traveling down the road and all of a sudden you stop and you say, which way are we supposed to go? What are we supposed to do? What is the deal here? And that's what's going on. This is a very elementary, it's not paved, it's a dirt road. One of my favorite, you notice there's a stop sign across the road so you can see what's going on. It's just like the one in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Okay, they come up to the crossroads, they pick up a young man named Tommy Johnson. Tommy Johnson says, hey, I just sold my soul to the devil, learn how to play this guitar. And then the, the, the two, you know, doofuses are in the car and they're like, oh, we just got baptized back here in the river. And then George Clooney says, well, it would appear I'm the only spiritually unaffiliated person in the car right now. Okay. Well, the truth of the matter is that legend that that movie clip came from is actually about Robert Thompson Johnson, Robert Johnson who it is said did that very thing and became the, the godfather of the blues movement in America and, and launched what we believe now is. So his, his music had such a, a big effect in the world um, that it now is, is being ascribed to that's where rock and roll music came from. But see, we all come to crossroads in our lives sooner or later where we have to make a decision. Sometimes you come to a crossroads and the devil has brought you there and he is promising you something if you will just sell him your soul. And you have to make a decision. Which way am I going to go? What am I going to do? 
What's the deal? It's a crossroads. But metaphorically speaking, we all face crossroads, all of us. Jobs. Do I take the job? Do I not take the job? Hey, I'm at a crossroads. Pastor Joe, I'm at a crossroads. I'm at a crossroads is code. It's super secret code for, will you pray for me? I'm not sure what to do. And, and God tells us, go to the crossroads. And so now you're asking, but what crossroads? Which crossroads is Jeremiah talking about? And I do want to get to that. But here's the deal. The first thing you and I are to do is to go to a crossroads. Go to the crossroads. Okay? And then begin to look for the ancient way. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this. You will seek for me and you will find me when you seek for me with all of your heart. Seek for me with all of your heart. Does that describe your relationship to Jesus? Listen, I'm not saying that, you know, you got to get weird. You got to be like me. You got to get up on stage. You got to do this. You got to do that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that when you wake up in the morning, is there something inside of you that says, I need to connect with God? I need to connect my life with God. I need to connect my business with God. I need to connect my education with God. I need to connect with the kingdom of God. Because that's why you're here. When you got saved, you enlisted into the kingdom of God to bring the kingdom of God wherever you go. Jesus said that we are to go make disciples of all the world. And in, in the Greek, what that means is as you go, that means wherever you go, make disciples. Everywhere you go, not to church. Everywhere you go, make a disciple, tell them about the Lord, and baptize them as they surrender their lives to Jesus. That's what we're called to do. And God says, you'll seek for me and find me when you seek for me with all of your heart. How much effort goes into you and your relationship to God as you begin to say, Lord, we're dry inside. Lord, where are you in the midst of this crisis? Are we seeking him? And again, I'm not saying that don't do anything else except I believe that it needs to be healthy balance. Seek the Lord in the morning. Seek the Lord at night. But seek the Lord on a regular basis. Don't just give him a, a, a prayer over your spaghetti. There's more to your relationship to God than that. How hungry are you for eternity? Because we're not supposed to be living in fear. You know that going home is the actual goal of Christianity? Not staying here. Lord, you gotta, you gotta let me stay on the planet. No, that's not the goal of Christianity. Good people don't stay and bad people go. That's, that's bad theology. That's not right. The goal is to be obedient to Christ on this earth until he calls us home. And once he calls us home, you're not staying past that. And you can't leave before that, according to Psalm 139. So the goal is to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Are we following after him am i hungry to see god do i want to experience his favor do i want to walk in his blessing look at what solomon said in ecclesiastes 3 he god has made everything beautiful in his time he has also set eternity in the human heart in the hearts of men yet no one can fathom what god has done from beginning to end what that simply means is there is something inside of you crying for god to fill it to touch it and we can fill it with houses and cars and puppies and dogs and pools and whatever else we want to fill it with. But I'm going to tell you right now that that will not satisfy that spot in your life that is for God and God alone. And he will not just reside in a closed room. <laughs> he will kick open the doors of your heart and get into every one of them. 
He'll get into your attitude. He'll get into your money. He's going to get into your education. He's going to get into your home life. He's going to get into your marriage. He only wants all your heart, all of it. So you can try to put him in the closet, but he's coming out. He's coming out in your heart, and he's taking over. That's how it's going to work. Isn't it amazing that God reached down and made Adam out of clay, the dirt, the minerals, but then he breathed life into him. And when he did, something of God came into us. And as a result of that, that thing wants to reconnect with God because we were created in his image. Ask for the good way. Why on earth would we settle for cheap living? Why would we do that? Psalm 119 says, How can a young man stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I will seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. See what's going on there? God wants you and I to live a full life and an extravagantly generous life. Not a gimme, gimme, gimme life, but a share, share, share life. And so we want the good stuff. We want all the good stuff. And when I was writing that, I thought, Lord, all the good stuff. That sounds like a Kenny Chesney song. Really? A Kenny Chesney song? I want the good stuff. You know, when I get up in the morning and I'm I'm spending time with God and I'm just being quiet, I make me some coffee, I get my new little puppy out and he gets to come with me and I sit on the front porch and I I have my coffee and I'm sitting there and and the good stuff, you know what the good stuff is? Kenny Chesney says he didn't reach around for the whiskey, he didn't grab a hold of the gin or whatever else it was, he reached around for a jug of milk. The milk is not the good stuff. It's 60 years old. Milk is nasty. It's gross. Okay? I used to drink it in ice when I was, you know, 13, running around the whole neighborhood, and I would come in and get a big ice-cold glass of milk. I loved it. Now it's like, I'm going to be up all night if I drink that cup. You know? It's like it's killing me. I want the good stuff. The good stuff wasn't the glass of milk in the song. The good stuff was the long kiss. The good stuff was the wedding proposal. The good stuff was uh, seeing her in her wedding gown. The good stuff was being there when the baby was born. The good stuff was watching the children come into to their adulthood. The good stuff is seeing them bring grandbabies home. The good stuff is the moments on a picnic. The good stuff this past weekend for us was in Grandma's pool. Grandma's getting a pool. They couldn't hook the pump up. They couldn't hook the electric up. It didn't matter. She filled it up with hoses as much as she could and made everybody play in it even if they didn't want to. You're playing in my pool. Really. We played for hours in the pool. We played for hours. And that was the good stuff. We're not getting in it today because it needs a filter and it needs electric. But, you know, initially it was the good stuff. I sit out there on the front porch with my coffee and I talk to Jesus and I, and I just be quiet and there's this hummingbird that comes. And the hummingbird gets just about this far away from my face. He's just right there. And my puppy's doing this. And I'm saying, come, little hummingbird, come. And I, I wish somebody would, like, hang me some hummingbird feeders. That, or maybe if they were, like, liked flowers, they could put flowers on my side of the porch instead of just on their side of the porch. Um, so the hummingbird would come over to my side. I wish that. From this side of the podium, I wish that with all my art. Okay? I just do. 
But that little hummingbird comes, and I think, how on earth can you not believe that there is a God in heaven that created that thing? You just think that two dust particles went pow and said, we're going to be a hummingbird. Really? I mean, my, my hummingbird is fast, but he is not that fast. He is not so fast that he can just crash together with another one and decide he's going to be a tiger. It's not going to happen. He is the evidence of, a, of an intelligent creator that I believe to be God Almighty who loves me so much that he wants me to rest. He doesn't want me running 100 miles an hour. He wants me to have peace as I interact with my grandchildren. He wants me to enjoy the dear days and the years that he gives me to spend with my wife and with you guys. But it means I can't say yes to everything for fear of missing out. Because <laughs> I have it bad. I do. And so we've got to be able to go to the crossroads. We have got to be able to ask and find what's the ancient way. And this is what I believe the crossroads and the ancient way is. I believe this with all my heart. I believe the Lord says, back it up. Beep, beep, beep. If you're in construction, this is what it sounds like. Back it up. Beep. If you were raised in the um, 70s and 80s when there was like cassette tapes, it sounds like this. And you just back it up. Okay? But you back it up. You back it up to that crossroads that you were at when you surrendered your life to Jesus. I believe the scripture, I believe Jeremiah is saying, back up, back up, back up, and remember when you surrendered your life to Jesus. Now, which way did you go from there and walk in it? Because here's the third thing I want to share with you. Walk in it. You say, well, duh. No, don't say duh. There's a lot of people that will come to church but will not live for Christ on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. There's a lot of people that don't want to change who they are, clean up who they are, um, be transformed in who they are, and yet that transformation, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that's a command, that's a call for you and I that Paul gives us. And it's the transformation that's missing when people are just like, yeah, I go to church. Listen, I want to know, do you have a close personal relationship with God where you hear his voice? Because the scripture says in, in John uh, 7, 48, those who belong to God hear his voice. The reason you don't hear his voice is because you don't belong to God. So if you're in here and you're hearing his voice, I'm telling you right now, take joy because it means God is speaking to you. You belong to him. What's he saying to you? What is the Lord beginning to do in your heart this morning when he says this is what it is? Because a lot of people will not walk in it. They will not obey the words and the commands, the challenges. And all God's not trying to limit your life. He's trying to make sure you express and, and, and enjoy a full life, but you've got to do it his way. Any other way is just a worldly joy that passes when you leave this planet. My wife was listening to a podcast of Relevant Magazine or something the other day, and we were having a conversation as we were driving in the car, and we were talking about, man, what does it take to get Christian people to stay the course? And she said, yeah, they, on this podcast, they asked one question. The question on the podcast was, has God changed his mind, and now it's okay for everybody to live together? Because it would appear in Christian lives that, that that's okay now. It's not. It's called fornication in the King James. It's called sexual immorality in the English version. I mean, normal people, English version. See? God hasn't changed what's right and wrong. And he's not going to just for you. 
He came down and died on a cross to save you from what's wrong. Why would he change it and say, I wasted my time on the cross? Why would he do that? Why would God say, man, I shouldn't have killed my son? But instead, he looked away when he was dying on the cross, and Jesus was forsaken and alone on the cross because he loves you, and he wants to take your sin. He doesn't want you to live in your sin. We are called to walk in the ancient way, the way of our salvation. And, and listen, in our money and in our attitudes, in our action, in the words of our mouth, in the way we treat our neighbor, and goodness knows, let me just beat myself to death with a two before, the way things go on social media, that will forever be a work in progress for me, forever. And I will fight. Samuel said this in the book of 1 Samuel, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings as much, and excuse me, in sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? Do you really think, um, Samuel's saying, do you really think God really cares about your money you donate or your pigs, I'm not pigs, your sheep or your goats that you bring to him and sacrifice or your doves or your drachmas or what? Do you really think God wants that as much as he just wants your obedience? Not like don't have fun in life, but man, run in the freedom of Christ so that you don't have to worry about it. Don't ask how much sin can I get involved in before God's going to come down on me. Ask how far away from it can I stay? And you can stay as far as you want. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey the Lord is better, excuse me, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Whatever it is that God called us to, I want it all. I want it all. I don't know what it is. I don't know how it is. I can't fathom God, but I can tell you this. I want all that God has for me so that I can do all that he's asking of me. I want it all so I can give it to whoever he's trying to get it to. I want it all from the kingdom of heaven so that I can bring the kingdom of heaven wherever he sends me. Jesus said this in John 14, all this I have spoken to you while I was still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give it to you as the world does. Do not let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. There it is again. And you will find rest. You will find peace for your soul when you go to the crossroads and you ask God, God, where was that ancient, way, that ancient way? At the end of the day, God wants you and I to walk with him. That's what he wants. And he wants us to find rest for our soul. Don't normally give you a little bit of homework, but I'm going to give you a little bit of homework in light of the fact that school's starting this week. And so I just want to be, like, you know, culturally correct. So I'll give you homework. Really? We've got to go to church and get homework? Yeah. Just test this thing, okay? Pick a day this week. And from sun up to sun down, don't eat anything. Fast. Get up in the morning, grab your Bible and a notebook and a pen. Sit down and read your Bible. Pick a place that you're going to read. Read your Bible until you, you find something that you absolutely have to write down. And then stop reading. That's all I'm, I'm trying to invite you to do. 
just read your Bible until you have to write something down. Okay? When lunchtime comes, don't pull out your lunch. You didn't bring it to work. Go sit at your desk, open up your Bible, open up your notebook, read your Bible until you have to write something down. If it's an hour, it's an hour. If it's five minutes, it's five minutes. You're done. When you go home and everybody's hungry and they want food, tell them they know how to make it themselves. You have my permission to do that. Pastor Joe said, I'm not allowed. You can say that. Sit down with your Bible and your notebook in a quiet place and read until you have to write something down. And right before you go to bed, open your Bible back up, I mean, excuse me, open your notebook back up and read those three scriptures that you wrote down and see if God isn't saying something to you specifically. See if you don't realize that the Word of God is living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword and that God wants to speak to you so that you will walk in it, act obediently in it, and see if that doesn't begin to change your life at the beginning of this school year. I want to encourage you in that because my prayer for you and my prayer for me is peace and rest for my soul. I want rest from relationships. I want rest from eating. I want rest from puppies. I want rest from heat. I want rest from finances. I want rest from worry and anxiety. I want rest from stress that's not mine to carry. I want rest. Then you have to back up and take things out of your life and let God. And I want to encourage you in that. Let's pray. Fathers, we come before you right now. We want to thank you and praise you for this day. I want to thank you for what you're doing here. I want to thank you for what this rest and this peace means to, to us. I want to thank you that that's the whole goal, is to work the garden and to name the animals. And yet we sinned, and now we've got this. So we come before you and we ask your forgiveness in the name of Jesus, in the name of the kingdom of heaven. God, I speak forgiveness over this crowd, these people that have gathered together to hear from you. They came in here, so Lord, I speak forgiveness for their sins. You said whatever we forgive on earth is forgiven in heaven. I speak forgiveness on their sins, God, because Jesus died for them and his blood was shed for them. Now I, I speak rest for their soul, peace in their heart to get up and take another step. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' holy name, amen. We're going to go into our, our closing song. I want to invite you to come to your feet, but our prayer team is up here, and this is the deal. If you're facing something that is just creating chaos in your life and there's no rest and you're struggling with it and, and, and you're saying, hey, I need some help. If you're in here and you're saying, I don't know the peace of my salvation, I need to surrender my life to Jesus, we want to take that step with you. These people are right here to pray with you. They just want to help you face whatever giant is creating the anxiety okay, and the chaos inside of your soul so that you can have the peace of Jesus Christ both in the salvation of your soul and in the knowledge that he has never left you and will never forsake you. So while we're singing this song, you can come up to any one of these people and they'll pray with you.